Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. This is Writing Class Radio, real stories from our actual memoir writing class and ideas about how to write your own stories. I'm Andrea Askowitz, the teacher of the class. I'm Allison Langer, a student in the class. Together, we produce this podcast to bring you into our writing class because we love it. Andrea and I love the class for different reasons. I love the process of working out my shit and then reading it out loud. I can't hide the real me. There's no facade. So many issues come up that we're all dealing with. Love, money, body image, death, and everything. I love thinking about writing and ways to make stories stronger. Breaking down every sentence, taking out needless words. I love the craft. I was going through my notes from a writing class I took with one of my favorite writers, Cheryl Strayed. Cheryl said, writing is equal parts heart and art. I love the art. Allison loves the heart. That's it. That's what you get on this podcast. Equal parts heart and art. Cheryl coined the phrase, and we just stole it. This episode is about connecting through writing. It's also about the job of storytellers to bring us into their world. One of our new students, Nilsa Rivera, tells a story about her fear of isolation, which stems from a very unique set of circumstances. She uses writing to fight that fear. Let's go straight to Nilsa's story. Nilsa Rivera. Every year I'm supposed to get a hearing test. Every year, I'm terrified of what my audiologist will say. This year was no different. A month before my 40th birthday, I figured I should get a hearing test as a baseline for the years to come. When I got there, the front desk attendant offered me a snack and coffee. My nails competed with the cookie I shoved into my mouth. But I couldn't get rid of the dentist's office nerve. My hearing loss started during my early childhood. As the child of a deaf woman, losing my hearing was expected, but I never really knew not hearing wasn't normal. The only abnormality I noticed was my mom's speech. She mispronounced words almost childlike. All her words came out with too much air, almost like if she was talking through her nose. She always called me Nietzsche instead of Nilsa. She always spoke loud when her voice was already loud. My family didn't speak about deafness or hearing loss. It was just the way things were. When I was seven years old, I sat in a classroom, isolated in a daydream. The teacher sat me in the front row and pulled my desk closer to her. One day she asked, when is your mother taking you to get a hearing test? My mother never did. I was really shy, so I always kept to myself. I was an only child, my parents were strict, and moved a lot, so I was used to being alone. I remember looking at the other kids in the lunchroom, talking to each other and playing around. I wish I could be as outgoing as they were, but I never joined them. When I interacted with other kids, they made fun of the way I spoke. You speak funny, they said, which made me feel self-conscious, so I spoke even less. Eventually, someone mentioned that I spoke differently because I was from New York. And I assumed they were right and used the excuse for years. I still let people think that sometimes. 
As I grew older, I made a few friends, and sometimes they would tease me too, but I always thought it was just my speech. When I misunderstood something, I thought it was because I was distracted. I thought everyone missed a word here and there. Eventually, I had a child. When my son was five years old, his teacher suggested a hearing test because he had a speech impediment. He pronounced all his words with a sh sound, just like my mom. The audiologist smiled as I explained my family medical history. Then she said, your son is mimicking your speech. He's not hard of hearing. You are. She told me to get into a metal closet with a soundproof window and asked me to press a button every time I heard a sound. I failed the test. I was 25 the first time I was prescribed hearing aids. For the first time, I heard the annoying sound of the ceiling fan in my living room, the lawnmower outside of my bedroom window. I heard voices overlapping each other, the wind, the windshield wipers, the clicking, the clapping, thumping of every object around me all at the same time. My husband's voice came in way too loud. I also heard the static of my hearing aids every time my hair and glasses brush against them. Every time I move, I heard a squeal like a microphone malfunctioning. I craved silence. For years, I didn't wear the hearing aids. Then once during a job interview, the interviewer asked, what is the correlation between HIV and TB? I said, I think we can use television to spread HIV awareness. She smiled. Well, I meant tuberculosis, but good answer. I will never forget the embarrassment. As my career started to grow, I was denied a promotion because I wasn't assertive. Some of my coworkers also mentioned I was too quiet. I started to see the value of networking, but it requires so much effort. Listening and understanding people requires my full attention. I watch body language, read lips, strain to hear, and even feel for the emotion or energy the person is communicating. I tune out all other conversations, other movement in the rooms, and anything that can distract me from the person speaking. I create an invisible funnel that focuses only on that person. If anyone else speaks, those words don't reach my brain. If I want to listen to someone else, it takes a couple seconds for my brain to switch to the next person speaking. This effort is exhausting, and I'm not always willing to give it. The content must be worth it. Socializing ends up low in my list of priorities because it's so difficult and overwhelming. When people gather in groups, there's a tendency to get close to each other and talk in low tones. It's nice to be considerate of others in the room. I understand, but I can't pick up on whispers, especially when those voices are competing with other sounds. I miss rumors, flirty conversations, and even jokes, which people tend to say in low voices. I went to a business luncheon once with about 10 people from my department. When the waiter asked me what I wanted to eat, I noticed the menu had lobster at market price. 
I asked, what comes with the lobster and what was market price? I heard, it's a special with white noise. Market is white noise, is white noise, and if you want white noise, is white noise. I asked again and the waiter spoke louder. I created that funnel and tuned out all background noise. It's a special with lobster. Market is, and if you want, market is, is. By that time, some of my coworkers were looking, which embarrassed me, so I said, okay. After I received a four-inch lobster tail with no size, I ate quietly. A coworker asked, that's all you're going to eat? Yeah, I'm not that hungry. Then I got the bill, $125. My whole department had to chip in to help me pay for the white noise laughter. Since then, I avoid lunch with coworkers and label myself as an introvert. My husband says, you eat lips, you're good. I do eat lips, which means that I have to be close enough to people to see their lips moving. Some people can take that as flirting and others get self-conscious. I was one talking to a coworker who has a low voice. He slumped over his keyboard and as he taught me how to pull a report. He was looking at the keyboard, typing and talking at the same time. I leaned in to look at his lips and didn't notice how close we were until he looks up and his face was inches from my face. He smiled and spent the whole weekend after that walking past my cubicle, smiling at me and licking his lips. In the doctor's office, I was put in another metal closet with a soundproof window and asked to press a button each time I heard a noise. After the hearing test, the doctor said, you haven't been wearing your hearing aids. I confused the statement with a question and answered, not really, only to work and class. She frowned and stared at me sternly. I bit my lips, fumbled with my purse, and looked down and asked, how do you know? Your hearing is getting worse. The doctor lowered her head and motioned her hands so I would look at her instead of my hands. I glared at her lips moving slowly. She pronounced her words like a mom when teaching a child how to speak. She said, the less you use your hearing aids, the more you lose your hearing. The part of your brain that processes words are not getting stimulation, so the nerves lose their function. Soon, you won't be able to understand people. You'll hear them, but you won't understand them also. The less you hear, the less you'll be able to control your pronunciation. Oh, shit. That's already happening. In the car on the way home, I tried telling myself that the people that love me would learn sign language, but I knew that was a lie. The truth is, if I don't wear my hearing aids, I could become totally deaf. People will ignore me even if I'm sitting at the same table with them. I'll have to depend on others to handle certain errands for me, because it would be hard for me to communicate. Phone conversations would disappear, my friends would disappear, my husband would disappear. My sons would disappear. 
Losing my hearing will make me invisible. Before the sun has wrestled through our blinds, my body wakes me up. I love, love, love Nilsa's story. Oh, God. I want to tell you that, that I did this really dumb thing, which I hate. I hate when people do this. But um, because her story is like all about this fear of isolation, I reached out to her and I told her that I kind of had a similar experience. Because I did. I had this one time. Um, wait, wait. Did I tell you you had a similar. You, you're, you don't have any hearing loss? Well, like two years ago, I think, um, I was at the in this moment where I was driving the kids and um, they were talking to me and I could not hear them. I started to think that maybe I was losing my hearing and I went to an audiologist. I was actually in that soundproof room that Nils is talking about. Like I went through this whole thing. And? Well, it turns out that I am losing some high pitch hearing. I am a tiny bit. I mean, I know it's not what Nils is going through, but when I was... Do, going through this whole audiology kind of thing, I started to feel like, oh, shit, like I'm losing access to my children. I felt that. So I emailed Nilsa. I was like, um, I went through the similar experience where I went to an audiologist. So I kind of know what you're talking about, but I don't at all. I don't really know what you're talking about. A little bit I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. You did not do that. I like, know. you know what she's going through? I know. I know. And also, I'm admitting this to you because... People in class always have this tendency to be like, that exact same experience that happened to me. You know, I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate that I did that. I hate it because it's not relevant. The story is the story. It doesn't matter if I had the experience she had. I've probably said this a million times in class. Give feedback on the writing, not someone's life. Well, you did it after class, right? You called her or sent her a text or an email saying that you were sympathizing with her. You were showing her that you understood her. And I think that's sweet. Well, thanks for being kind yeah. to me for doing that dumb thing. Well, I can be kind, but let's hear how Nilsa felt about your email. Our audio producer, Virginia Laura, spoke to Nilsa and asked her about that email. And this is what Nilsa said. When I first read what she, what, what her situation was, I felt like, okay, good, for one minute one normal person kind of feel what I'm going through. That was my immediate reaction. Like, okay, for just one minute out of the day, and how would it affect your life if you couldn't hear the people that you love? So then I thought about, but it's not as hard. So she doesn't get the full scope of what it is to live like this every single minute of your life. Okay, so now that you know what it felt like to her to have that happen, don't do that again. You're right. What matters is the story. Let me talk about the story then. What I thought was effective about Nilsa's writing is how she totally took us into this world that we've never heard before. I mean, she really explained to me what it sounds like to be losing your hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
And I, I, I think I saw that it was hard for her to share it. You know, that's always my favorite thing to get into somebody's biggest weakness and vulnerability and have them share it. I mean, when she was reading the story, you could tell it was a really hard story to read. And remember, we asked her that and yes. she was like, oh, I've never read, written about this before. She wrote in another piece that the part about her that she's most ashamed to talk about is being hard of hearing. Okay, so the other part that I I thought was very eye-opening and enlightening was this whole part about if you don't wear your hearing aids, then you – if you don't wear them, then you lose more and more hearing. Mm -hmm. And then you can't even understand speech patterns. And then you can't even speak. speak. Right, right. It was so interesting how she told us that part about what happens to the inside of her brain. And she knows she has to do all this explaining because she's talking about things that that the general population doesn't know. Yeah. That was fascinating. I love learning something in a piece. Yeah. Really. yeah. I do. That's one but of you have to things. you have to really like straddle that line, you know. And and that's hard to do in writing because it's it can get very boring very quickly. If she had used like all these terms that audiology terms, we would have been like, oh. but she didn't do that. Right. She handled it well. Nilsa Rivera. She's a rock star. Yeah. Okay, so okay. so after hearing Nilsa's story, I had so many questions. I just wanted to know more about Nilsa, and we thought maybe the listener would also have questions or want to know more. So we sent Virginia Laura, our audio producer, to her home to sit and have a few words. She's here in the studio. Hi, guys. Okay, so Virginia went out. Uh, obviously, I told you guys this already. So Virginia yep. went and spoke to her. You know, I thought her story was, like, so perfectly well done that I didn't even have questions about her story. I just wanted more Nilsa. I just want, just want I just to know want to how she functions in life. Yeah, yeah, like what is her life like just to see her on a daily basis yeah. and find a little bit about I wanted about to have dinner with her. I didn't get dinner, but we sat down and talked and it was rainy and it was great. She had a lot to say, it turns out, about writing and her experience. What'd she say? Before we hear what Nilsa said, here's a word from our sponsor. And now back to Nilsa. Even though we were totally nosy, she answered all our questions. Hi, I'm Nelsa Rivera. I am an aspiring writer. I don't know, a mom, a counselor, an activist, so many things. So I've always written since I was a little girl. I stopped for a while. Uh, I was always embarrassed of what other people would say, um, the meaning that they would assign to my writing, so I was always afraid. Actually, for many years, even as, as an adult, I didn't really share anything that I wrote. As I grew up, I decided to go to college. I got a family, a full-time job, and with a career and all of that going on, I really didn't have a lot of time to write, and I was going to grad school. I sort of lost my sense of purpose when I finished grad school. I was like, okay, so I finished all my goals in my life, right? Like, that could really happen. But I felt like, what do I do now? And then I started um, journaling again, and I started writing. With nonfiction, it requires a level of self-reflection, and you have to look inward, and that's not something that I wanted to do. I had a very dysfunctional upbringing, writing about it and focusing on the story instead of the actual experience has been really helpful. When you write it, you're in the moment, you're self-reflecting and everything, but once it's already written that you have experienced express it, put it on paper, and and giving it to someone else, giving it to the reader, to the listener, it becomes a story. It gives me distance from the experiences. 
it puts the experience out there instead of inside of me. So I, I can release it. So I wrote that piece right after I came out of the ideologist's office. And I voted on how I was feeling at that moment because the conversation really affected me. So as soon as I got out of the audiologist, I had some time in my hand and I drove to the library and I started writing it. It feels weird to write about that because I never read about it and it feels like I found out maybe or I just acknowledged in that piece some of the things that innately have been bothering me but I don't really put a word to it unless I'm just complaining at the moment about it. I get ignored a lot or I know a lot of, of things and then I sort of live in my head like it's just easier for me. So my thoughts are my best friend basically and my best friends are not are not a I want to frame this correctly. <laughs> the closest people to me still come second to my to my thoughts, to my little world in my head. Everyone, including the people the closest to me. And when I say that, I mean my husband, my, my kids, my parents. I believe that they just think that I'm just a very distracted person. I don't think that they realize that my whole world has to stop. I can't eat and listen to someone at the same time. Through my writing, or sharing actually my writing, I can reach out to other people. I feel comfortable. I don't have to put so much stress on myself to connect to other people. Even with my husband, it's just easier for me to express myself in written language. I get to show other people my world. It is very lonely to be hard of hearing. Within the last couple months, I've met two people in my whole entire life that are in my, in my well, so to speak. I met a co-worker who's hard of hearing, and I met someone online. As a research for my piece, I, I found out, I came across Drew Mitchell, who's a comedian and lives in Chicago. And I was so excited to know that there was a comedian or someone that actually had enough balls to get on stage while having a hearing loss that profound that I call my husband and says, honey, I think I'm in love. I'm in love with another man. <laughs> that didn't go too well. But, <laughs> but that's just how excited I was because in my whole entire life, I've met a lot of deaf people. I've met a lot of hard of hearing. I have met some hard of hearing, but I've never met people who have a hearing loss and at the same time live in the hearing world. There's a lot of funny things about being hard of hearing. 
there's so many situations like overflowed sinks because I can't hear the water running you know choosing your boyfriend based on their voice level <laughs> that is hilarious um making sure your significant other does not whisper during sex especially think they want you to do that funny at least to me <laughs> I try to wear my hearing aids every day to work. As soon as I get out of work in the car, I take them off. That was Nilsa Rivera, a student in our writing class, saying it like it is. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're struggling with a specific writing question, tweet us at WRTG Class Radio, or you can find us on our Facebook page, or you can email us at info at writingclassradio.com. Storytelling is the new orange. If you have a business or a startup, let me help you tell that story. I'll come to your office and teach all your employees how to better articulate why they do what they do. Because stories sell. Check our website for details. If you love this podcast, tell your friends. And rate us on iTunes. If you want to hear your story on our show, enter our writing contest. Here's the prompt. Write about something you don't understand. For more details on the contest, visit our website, writingclassradio.com. Contest deadline, May 31st, 2017. I know it sounds so much like an ad. Writing Class Radio is produced by Virginia Laura, Andrea Askwitz, and me, Allison Langer. Theme music by Daniel Correa, and additional music by Ari Herstand. Writing Class Radio is sponsored by and recorded at the University of Miami School of Communication. And there's more writing class on our website. Study the stories we study and listen to our craft talks. If you don't want to participate in our writing contest but still want a prompt, pick one of our daily prompts from our website or follow us on Twitter where we post prompts daily. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Did you want to say that part? No, no. Perfect. (laughs) I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.